This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the 8th, 2023. I no longer do the show with a paper script. You know what I would typically do on the last day of a month? I would crumple it up and throw it at the camera. But uh, there's no paper in here, and I'm not going to throw the plants because that would be poor form. Coming up in the second hour of the show, Samsung continues to announce some new features to Bixby, its voice assistant, including a custom voice creator. Nelson Rago of Cool Blind Tech will share some details on that one. And then the show wraps up with another edition of the Weekly News Quiz. Bringing in some of the folks you're familiar with, like Karen McGee, Alex Smythe, but the big boss, the president of AMI, taking part in today's Weekly News Quiz. David Arrington will be here. This is an exciting one, and I assure you that Alex and Karen will not be trying to deliberately throw this news quiz to curry good favor with El Presidente, but we'll see. We will see. Let's bring in Brock Richardson for a sports chat. Brock, a lot of places we could go with a conversation in the sports world, but let's go to some more uh, news out of Soccer Canada. Their president, Nick Bontis, handed in the resignation yesterday. He has resigned. Good idea. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's about as simple as I can put it for you. I just, I, like, it's just a really good idea of Nick to do this. Uh, I, you know, with all that's going on, in, in all fairness, with Soccer Canada, this is a, a, a the best decision for him to make in the betterment of Soccer Canada. He says to achieve labor peace this was what needed to happen we all know what's going on with the men's the women's program they've been disrespected and it starts at the top and so change is necessary as i started that you know a little bit tongue-in-cheek with good idea but it really is a good idea it it was probably time whether it be the labor strife that the men started that ball rolling with last fall before the world cup whether it be the ongoing issues with funding of the women's program and offering adequate resources to the women's program it's definitely that was a kerfuffle in and of itself brock i, I can't think of what a drastic change 12 months could bring because it was right about this time last year that Canada officially qualified for the World Cup or the men's team officially qualified for the World Cup. And here we are 12 months later and Nick Bontis, the president, handing in the resignation letter. I bet you 12 months ago he thought it was going to be sunshine and rainbows for the foreseeable future, job for life situation. And then between the performance of the men's team at the World Cup and these labor issues and other organizational deficiencies like for example not having shirts available for sale the day after Canada qualified for the World Cup it was probably time to bring in some fresh management yeah and and like the the truth is it's like you know he probably did think this in, in addition to all of what you said because the World Cup is in Canada in the next uh, World Cup so when you think about that oh we're hosting I can sit you know in my cushy chair and and be happy and and rest on you know moral victories of us making it but not so fast yeah no kidding no kidding well brock uh, just because he resigned doesn't mean any of these labor issues are going to be automatically resolved so it's a story that you and i will be continuing to follow but let's move on to another story that has rolled on for the last well almost 10 days now and continues to roll on to the nhl trade deadline on friday the toronto maple leafs making another big move yesterday bringing in defenseman jake mccabe from the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Blackhawks, as well as a forward Pat Lafferty. So, Brock, the Toronto Maple Leafs, after making the Ryan O'Reilly trade a couple of weeks ago, continuing to add more pieces for a hopeful Stanley Cup run. Let me also just put it out there, because some of you, the listeners, may not know, but Kyle Dubas is in his uh, final year of his current deal, and so he is going all in on this. He wants the... 
Toronto Maple Leafs to win a round since the first time since 2006. And so I think this is another one of those situations where he's pushing in the chips and saying, let's go for it. Uh, both of these I, I like. Both of these players have control beyond this year, so it is not a rental situation, which I like. And Toronto, let's be fair, needs some help with defense, and they need um, to get that short up. We know where the offense is coming from or should come from, and so this is one of those moments where it's like, yeah, we're doing what we need to do to make this team better. It's it's a tough spot for Toronto because it seems like the top of the Eastern Conference have all collectively loaded up during the trade deadline process. We've seen Boston add players. We've seen Tampa add players. Toronto's made two big moves. The Rangers have made big moves. Still waiting for the Carolina Hurricanes to figure out what they want to do. But Brock, it really feels here like all the top teams in the East all think they can be the team to do it. And I really like these Toronto trades. I think Ryan O'Reilly is a really, really good hockey player and a really valuable playoff hockey player. Jake McCabe, maybe we don't know as much about in terms of a playoff resume because he's played for such a bad team in Chicago for all these years. But it really feels like Toronto has said, this window with this core of Nylander, Matthews, and Marner, the window is open now. We can't keep our powder dry anymore. If we're going to get through the Bostons or the Tampas in our own division, let alone getting through the Carolinas or the Rangers in the other division or the New Jersey Devils in the other division, that they need to go make big moves. And I admire them taking a big swing. And I hope that everybody who's offering praise to the GM, Kyle Dubas, today our understanding in a couple of years if the team falls apart and there's no more draft picks. I, I just hope that people are understanding of what was done here to try and push the chips in and win a championship. And it's so refreshing because, Brock, so oftentimes we're talking about teams deliberately losing. Here's an example of a team saying, no, our fans deserve a big win. Yes, yeah, totally. And Toronto gets a lot of criticism for what GMs do and you know pick the sport you know in in Toronto I don't I don't care which one it is but this is a situation where everyone's you're you're seeing Kyle Dubas do his job and do his part I I still think it's going to be tough to get out of the Eastern Conference you got to go through Tampa Oof. then you got to go through Boston it's going to be tough and both of those teams are good I I'm not sure that a um a first round victory is what the fans really want, but this is going to be a tough, tough setting. And listen, I would say the same thing about all the other Eastern Conference team looping in Toronto. It is going to be a dogfight to get out of the Eastern Conference, and whoever gets out of it is going to be battered and bruised, and who knows what they're going <laughs> to be, be able to muster up in the Stanley Cup final, but we'll see. Yeah, and the way the, and, and the way the Colorado Avalanche are playing right now, the Avalanche will be there waiting to, uh, to pound you real good once yeah. you get there. Uh, no, it, Brock, it has been a really exciting NHL trade deadline here, even though the deadline's not till Friday. Pretty much since the Vladimir Tarasenko trade was made about 10 days ago, it's been, oh, it's even it's more than 10 days ago. It's almost two and a half weeks ago, the Tarasenko trade. So it's it's unbelievable to me, dude, like how many trades have already happened. It almost feels like by the time we get to Friday, there's going to be no players left to trade. Yeah, it's funny. And I know we're going to get to a preview in a bit on this, but on the neutral zone, we were making jokes that, you know, we hope there's almost no trades because we want to see the TSN and Sportsnet guys, you know, dance with whatever they're going to dance with with their 12 <laughs> hours of coverage and just see what they can come up with because every time there's a trade, the the, the bosses over there just must be like, oh, no, we have so much coverage. <laughs> but, you know, from the consumer, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Th thankfully, they'll have lots to rehash. There'll be plenty of trades for them to rehash along the way. Uh, Brock, last night, Connor McDavid was the first player this season uh, to reach 50 goals. Connor McDavid, of course, of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, maybe the best hockey player uh, in the world. <laughs> Actually, yes, the best hockey player in the world. Let's just be frank about that one. But last week, he hit the 800-point mark in his career. Brock, you found yourself a factoid here on Connor McDavid I did uh and I love doing this kind of thing to you just to see uh, what you come up with when I give you this uh list I found the top five teams uh that uh Connor McDavid has 
scored the most points against to the least. So any guesses on who might be in the top five of this list? Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, Brock, because I'm just going to say it's probably five teams in his division. So Calgary, Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Edmonton, but he plays for Edmonton. He hasn't scored <laughs> any points against Edmonton. But Calgary, Vancouver. I'm going to say San Jose because they haven't been very good for a couple of years. The Los Angeles Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, so you have Vancouver, Calgary, Anaheim. Correct. You're missing Ottawa and Winnipeg in that list. Yo, yo. Okay, Winnipeg, again, not surprising, another Western Conference team. But Ottawa surprises me. But now that I think back on this, Brock, sorry, I'm, I'm doing methodology in real time here. I wonder how much that all-Canadian season impacted these numbers. He would have played Ottawa at sort of, what, eight or nine times that year in the shortened COVID season. So maybe that had to do with why Ottawa was so high and Ottawa's also been real stinky. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's one of those things. And to further this, uh, the team that he scored the least points against any guesses because when i heard this i thought really this is the team okay got it so any any stabs as to who who he might have scored hmm. the least points against i'm gonna go eastern conference because he would have played them the least every year and i'm gonna go with a good eastern conference team i'm gonna say the carolina hurricanes uh nope the answer is the buffalo sabers hey with only, with only 12 points that's Okay. You know? All right. Well, same same logic applies. Eastern Conference team doesn't play him very often, but it is surprising because Buffalo's also been one of those bad teams for a couple of years. Okay, Brock, let's go from hockey into the world of baseball. That's where we'll finish today. The Toronto Blue Jays have hired James Click as a uh, VP of Baseball Strategy. Uh, a bit of an odd title for that one, Brock. Yeah. Um, when I saw this, I thought, okay, I've got to bring this to Dave and just find out have you ever heard of a position as such? Not not as an executive, like certainly not as like a VP. Maybe you might think of like a manager or a bench coach being involved in baseball strategy, but like nothing so explicitly as saying, I am the vice president of baseball strategy. <laughs> right. And so my my thought is, are we trying to suggest that, you know, John Snyder and the coaching staff are going to struggle with strategy so much that we need to vice president of strategy like <laughs> I, Matt, you, I brock I, I actually wonder if there is maybe a bit of an analytics play here that that james click is coming from the houston astros side who although being a very wealthy team did employ a lot of analytics and maybe some other forms of baseball strategy that were a little more inappropriate perhaps <laughs> a little closer to cheating but but i do wonder that the jays as they continue to be one of the top payrolls in baseball are saying maybe we're not playing our analytics to its fullest extent especially with the changes of the strike zone with the changes of the base pads changing of shifts i wonder if there is something here that makes them say we need to make sure we have cutting edge minds here as the sport evolves a little bit this year yeah and you are on to something there i think there are enough enough rule changes and enough of that that sort of you know warrant this it just seems like a real odd sort of title to put and there has to be obviously a reason if i was to ask you know blue jays you know brass that makes these decisions they would tell you it's probably due to analytics because sports has turned into analytics and if they win the world series the the first one i'm gonna pick on in the front office is uh Mr. James Click and say, well, it must have been because of their <laughs> vice president of strategy, and that's the reason they won. So. The team was so strategically sound they could not lose. Uh, there we go. Let's, let's, let's make people VPs of anything. Brock is the vice president of sports chat. That, that, that's, that's Brock's new job, the, uh, the vice president of sports talk. Uh, speaking of that, Brock, you are the host of The Neutral Zone, which airs Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio, just a couple of minutes from now. What's coming up on today's show? So we're going to be speaking with the Paralympian and former para ice hockey player, Anthony Gale, who we had some pretty uh, pointed questions about his career in para ice hockey and why team, why he thinks Team Canada has not won the gold medal since 2006 in Torino. Plus, we got onto the conversation of do athletes have too much say over 
their management and what they do in Ooh. day-to-day operations, which Ooh. is something I would love to get into the conversation with you on as well. Okay, yeah, I'll listen to that today, and then we can talk about the player empowerment era tomorrow. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Right on. Thank you for this, Brock. Have a great day. Thank you. That's Brock Richardson. He is the host of The Neutral Zone and the VP of Sports Talk, Vice President of Sports Talk on Now with Dave Brown. (laughs) Alex Smythe is at the AMI Weather Desk. Here is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Starting off in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, there is mainly cloudy today and there is a chance of snow in the forecast. The high is minus 7, feeling like minus 23 with the wind chill. To Charlottetown, PEI, where it is sunny, becoming a mix of sun and clouds later. The high is minus 6, feeling like minus 17. In St. John, New Brunswick, there's clouds rolling in this morning. The high is minus 5, feeling like minus 17 with that wind chill. In Quebec City, Quebec, it is heavy snow this morning with up to 10 centimeters set to fall. There's also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus 6, feeling like minus 18, and there is a snowfall warning in effect. In Toronto, Ontario, it's cloudy with rain or possible freezing rain this morning. There's also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour, and the high is 4 degrees today. To uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where there's light snow and possible freezing rain this morning with up to 2 centimeters set to fall. There's also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is 1 degrees, feeling like minus 11. To Brandon, Manitoba, where it's sunny today, but a bit cool. It's a high of minus 7 and feeling like minus 27 without wind chill. In Regina, Saskatchewan, there's clouds rolling in this morning. The high is minus 9, feeling like minus 27 without wind chill. To Lethbridge, Alberta, where it's cloudy with snow starting in the morning and up to 4 centimeters set to fall. The high is minus 5, and it's more like minus 11 without wind chill. In Red Deer, Alberta, it's cloudy with snow starting in the morning and again up to 4 centimeters set to fall. Uh, minus 9 is the high and feeling cooler with at minus 21 with that wind chill. Up in Whitehorse, Yukon, it is mainly sunny today, but there are some strong winds with wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus 16, but with that wind chill, it makes it feel like minus 39 today. In Kelowna, BC, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of snow, but feeling quite pleasant. The high is two degrees. And finally, in Vancouver, BC, there's snow this morning, Ending around noon, up to four centimeters is set to fall, but the high will be five degrees today. And that's your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up next, Samsung continues to roll out some new features for its Bixby voice assistant, including a custom voice creator. Nelson Rago will tell you all about it. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Samsung continues to roll out some new features for its Bixby voice assistant. One of them is to create an artificial intelligence generated copy of your voice. Nelson Rego is the founder of Cool Blind Tech. He's going to offer up a little bit more context. Hey, good morning, Nelson. Hey, good morning, Dave. So, Nelson, you want to take some time to talk about this custom voice creator. It should be noted, the feature currently only available in Korean and for the newest series of Galaxy S23 series of devices. Nelson, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. What's the purpose of this voice generator? Like, like what's the point? Uh, well, well uh, even though it's in Korean, uh, I expect to, to see this in English probably sometime next year. Uh, that, that's how they usually roll out um, since Samsung is based out of Korea. Uh, so it's, it's it's around the corner for us as well. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, um, I'm not questioning why you're talking about it. I'm questioning, like, what's the point yeah. of the feature? Like, what's the feature designed to do? Yeah, so it's it's uh, basically um, 
from their point of view, it's designed as kind of like a personal assistant. So uh, we, we all wish we had a personal assistant to do something for us. And, you know, uh, depending on your your economics, you, you're able to afford those assistants. But most of us, most of us uh, can't afford a personal assistant. So uh, that that's the approach that they're taking with this is that uh, uh, it's to take place of, of what you would normally do on a call uh, if you were available to, uh, to someone to speak to them. Okay, so like, for example, somebody calls me and then my AI plays Dave Brown and says, no, no, Dave does want that reservation. Dave does want you to deliver those meatballs. Like, is, is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, but I mean, there's a little bit of work to it. I mean, you do have to give it uh, words and sentences so, so that it learns your voice uh, and then it'll, it'll copy that voice. And then uh, it can actually uh, formulate uh, replies to people uh, when they're when they're calling in. So. Uh, so that that's the kind of idea that they, they want to do. So if you're not available for a call, uh, the the AI will pick up for you um, in your voice and and respond to that person. Uh, I'm sure they'll identify themselves as like the AI assistant. I'm, I'm sure they won't try to trick people <laughs> to say this is Dave when it's not Dave, because uh, you'll have to know like what the AI is talking about. Because uh, if if you let it go, the AI will will, will take over your work. Yeah, it also has to make some decisions <laughs> for me whether I want that yeah. delivery of meatballs or not. And the answer is always yes. But how am I to trust this AI robot to know, Nelson? How am I supposed to trust it to know? Uh, Nelson, listen, I, I think there's something to this that that's interesting. It seems like. Samsung really wants to get into this voice assistant game, even though they are very, very, very behind their competition. But in yeah. this in, in this con context of a custom voice creator, I have to think there's a privacy concern here, especially in the world of deep fakes, right? That people are now creating yeah. false versions of real people. Now, oh, in yeah. my case, there's enough of my voice floating around years and years and years of podcasts and broadcasts. Like that, that train has left the station for me. It would be really easy to create a deep fake Dave Brown, but like yeah. any random person, Nelson, like th there's gotta be a privacy concern for AI replicating their voice. Oh, 100%. There's a privacy issue. <laughs> uh, so, so these kind of things have been um, moving the goalposts like every every year. And uh, yeah, you know, first they came out with the uh, you know the phones, and then the phones were using these apps, and then we're inputting all this data into Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and you know, these are multi-billion-dollar, a uh, few of them trillion-dollar co companies, and and they're basing all of that off of our data. Uh, and with voice analysis, you can actually uh, you know, in, in some cases, you can actually confirm who you are over the phone. Uh, if you're speaking to like uh, maybe a bank or like a, one of your billing companies, uh, I know I think I think it was Rogers that does that. Uh, so th they'll actually confirm who you are just just by listening to your voice. So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of convenience uh, uh, things to this, but um, in the other world, uh, they say the, at the end of the day. Uh, AI needs data, right? You need to feed it data for mm -hmm. it to learn. And there's so many other countries that don't have the privacy concerns that we do. So they're constantly feeding uh, the data into the AI. So we're, we're kind of playing catch up with other parts of the world. And um, there's a good side and negative side to it. Uh, obviously, there's going to be military uh, applications for this. And uh, you know, people in control are gonna, you know, use it against people uh, in legal terms. I know some data is being used to, in people in court. Uh, they're using their their digital data, like their their Apple Watch, uh, whatever you were feeling at that time. Uh, they they could actually use that data. Um, so so there's there's a lot of information that can be used against you, and at the same time, it could be used to to help you. So it's it's um it just really depends on on where this goes. So. But at the end of the day, um, it's it's kind of cool. But at the same time, um, th there are definitely some some dark paths that this can this can take uh, that we are yet to find out. But uh, um, I, I'm looking at the positive side of things, so I, I see it, it can be very helpful. Uh, with the AI, can help diagnose potential diseases and uh, help with cures that uh, you know humans are. Um, you know, we're, we're not the smartest creatures on the planet. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, no, we're, we're... we're developing things to to make things better, and we're also developing things to destroy the world. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, they can make AI to be more uh, logical and and not uh, too much uh, human, because um, that's what I'd be looking at. Uh, uh, sort of scientific side of things of of uh, learning and discovering things, and 
sort of figuring out the things that we haven't figured out yet. So yeah, uh, that, that that's what I look forward to uh, from AI, and and we just simply don't have the the capacity in ourselves to actually figure that out. And uh, I think with AI you can, uh, but it really t- depends on who's in control of the AI uh, and which direction it goes. Hopefully, those people in control of AI uh can see that um that the benefit of it uh, is to the uh, to the planet yeah but this is again one of those moments where like people are going to be consenting into giving the ai this power themselves right that you're oh, going to 100%. open this feature on your bixby on your samsung and say here here's my voice do with it as you please and that that's i think that's one of these things where we keep getting these opt-in moments where we keep choosing to opt in to privacy concerns and maybe we're not quite considering them nelson uh, yeah. we spoke about bixby a little bit yesterday with Marco Flalo as well as Samsung really has been rolling out some of these new features for a couple of days now. And the argument that I made in that conversation is that Bixby is so far behind Amazon right now. They're so far behind Google. They're so far behind Apple that I almost wonder what's the point. Like if you have a Samsung device, it's easier to use the Google Assistant than get access to Bixby. So so to me, like I, I don't understand maybe where their priority is here if you're already so far behind the eight ball why spend all this time and money developing this technology well i mean from their point of view they, they see it as uh, uh something that elevates uh bixby uh, i know with, with the recent uh i'm sure you guys have talked about this but with the chat gbt uh you know no, no one was talking about this uh, this time last year and now now bing is is using it in in search and, and no one was talking about bing and now uh, Bing is becoming more prominent uh, uh, with uh, adoption of uh, ChatGPT. So um, I guess Bixby is, or uh, Samsung is looking at this from a point of view where they can sort of uh, elevate their uh, voice assistant and and uh, maybe they see the benefit to it. Because there's a lot yeah. of people out there that have Samsung devices. Uh, they don't have the, the data that Google does. Um, and that's why Google's able to do so well is because they're able to uh, pretty much access everyone's Android phone, uh, you know, and Apple to a lesser extent with with their devices. So, uh, you know, Samsung is is kind of further down the list, but uh, you know, we, as we know with technology, uh, you know, the people at the top uh, don't always stay at the top. So maybe one day Samsung will will come to the uh, forefront of of uh, technology. I know about last year, a couple of years ago. There was a Chinese company, and they were like the the second most popular phone out there. So, uh, technology is is very uh, it's a very interesting sort of uh, field because yeah. it, um, one year could easily change for one company to another as far as uh, what it's capable of doing. And, it's it's and, true. Uh, and anybody, yeah, anybody, so I, anybody, I, anybody with a Motorola Razor in two thousand and eight <laughs> thought, oh, this is the height of it. It can't get better than this. Yeah, yeah, and and look how long that lasted. But and those are very novel devices. So people thought it was like this sort of Star Trek kind of feeling, and and now look where we're at with all these uh, companies that we that were never heard of back then. Yeah, I mean Samsung wasn't very prominent uh, back then. No, they made, stero- they made stereos. Uh, they, they made stereos and TVs. They made electronics. Yeah, and now like they're the best, like some of the best TV makers, and it used to be Sony. So uh, that, that it all sort of changes, and now everything's trying to get cheaper. Like how how we can get the cheapest devices, and then we're realizing it's not necessarily great to have the cheapest device because it, uh, it affects the environment. Uh, yeah, you know, having a TV that lasts like five years when the old TVs used to last uh, twenty twenty five years. So. Um, there's a lot of factors we have to, uh, to to keep in mind when we're dealing with this technology because it's uh, you know one one year's there n- next year you're you're you know I have a whole drawer of, of phones <laughs> <laughs> that that I've used over the years and and that time the phone 10 years ago was like the best thing uh, you know that you could find anywhere and and now that thing is barely usable yeah so it's yeah. Um, yeah, this, that's just the way technology is, and you kind of, kind of stay on top of it. Um, that, and that's why, like, I don't get too invested into um, like companies that first released uh, technologies out there, uh, because sometimes it doesn't last. Uh, and Google's notorious for that, of uh, s- sort of uh, dropping off uh, products that uh, uh, you know uh, that they had like last year because they were into gaming for a while, and, and now they're not into gaming, so. Um, you kind of have to stick with what what you know, and 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 that's why I use the products I use because uh, uh, they have longevity, and then uh, you know I could use them for a while. Yeah, to paraphrase the American writer Emerson, 
Uh, companies are always rising and falling in capitalism. Let's leave it there. Uh, Nelson, you've also got a tech tip before you say goodbye. This is one that's really worthwhile for anybody who's got slippery fingers. You want to explain how to unsend an email on an iPhone. Yeah, so th th this is one of those things that... Uh, um kind of slips by when they, when they do these big updates. So with iOS 16 and then no, numerous updates, uh, some good, not some not so good, but uh, uh, this one's a, a nice little convenient one uh, to have. And, and it kind of snuck through, like when I was looking through the, the phone for its uh, what settings it has. Um, so by the, by default, and this only works within the mail app. So you can have a Gmail, Yahoo set up on your, your mail app on your, your iPhone. Uh, but you have to use the mail app itself for this to work. Uh, so, so by la launching the app and then going to your your inbox and then when you're composing a message uh, and you're putting all the information you need to put in, and then you hit send. Uh, by default, there's a text a 10 second delay uh, where at the bottom of the screen is a little blue button that uh, allows you to kind of recall uh, your your message. And if you hit that before the 10 seconds. Um, and, and and of course, a voiceover doesn't tell you <laughs> at the time because because uh, uh, I didn't know that it was there because it didn't give an announcement. Uh, but you hit that, and they'll go back right back to your email, and then you can correct anything that you might have thought you may have forgotten to to add in there, or maybe like there's some uh, grammar issues with it with the email, or maybe just um, decide that that tone was no good and you didn't need to send yeah. that email. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have like delayed it because uh, um, uh, maybe your reaction to someone's message. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe it's best you just kind of sit on it for a while before you reply. Um, so, so even though there's 10 seconds, they, they do allow you to uh, change that option because 10 seconds may not be a long time. No, 10 seconds is people. not nearly enough. You got to give people yeah. 30 <laughs> seconds, at least like at least 30 seconds, probably a minute if we're being totally honest. Uh, well, Apple gives uh, up to 30 seconds. Uh, so if you go into settings and then the mail and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, you can actually uh, uh, turn off the feature if you don't care for it. And then you could uh, change it to incremental uh, 10, 20, 30 seconds. Uh, so you'll, you'll get your 30 seconds, but you won't get your minutes. Um, there's also an option to actually schedule, uh, an email as well, but we can talk about that. Yeah, let's, day. let's save that for another time, Nelson. We're already running over time here. So any, anything else you want to add about unsending an email? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's a nice feature to have if you're one of those people that, uh, is very compulsive in, in sending your messages. So, uh, de definitely look for that little blue button at the bottom. Uh, after you send uh, a message to maybe your boss or somebody yeah. that you're kind of responding to, and, and then uh, you know hit hit that uh, resend uh, button later on. Very good, Nelson. Thank you for this. All right, take care. That is Nelson Rago, the founder of Cool Blind Tech. Coming up after the break, it's roundtable time. Alex Smythe also wants to talk about technology. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Ramya Amuthan and Nazreen Abdel-Majid are standing by. But Alex Smythe, you have some technology gripes. Yeah, Dave, that's 100% right. I've been, you know, finding over the last little while that when I'm using my computer or my phone, I'm finding autocorrect. It's just the basic things like that, the spelling, it's gotten worse. It's not as intuitive as it used to be like i literally on my phone this morning i tried to type in through and it was suggesting different words instead of through and it's like that that was really bugging me so i wanted to open it up to the the panel and find out what technology what kind of like app or or anything tech based it's really in your mind gotten worse over the years because in my mind autocorrect used to be a lot more intuitive and better so ramia why don't we start with you what's something that's gotten worse over time I don't know if things have gotten worse over time because um, we are like not finding the technological solutions to make it better or if it's because we don't pay as much attention to detail anymore. So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place with this one. But basically, I'm finding that, you know, th there are a lot of solutions available now, especially from uh, adaptive technology point of view. Right. So screen readers and uh, magnification features and just being able to customize things. But the bug like 
ratio for mm. you know these solutions mm-hmm. to the amount of bugs that are out there every iteration every update every app every whatever um now comes with like hundreds of bug fixings and even in my daily life you know it's kind of like that too uh where we're not basically not paying as much attention to detail or quality checking as much because we're assuming that something's going to do it right and that's definitely not the case yeah it's become so much easier to update something on the back end rather than put out a fully formed product on the front end so yeah that that's one of the reasons why as we've talked about a lot of times on the show we will not do updates on our phones until it's Mm -hmm. been a couple days uh, after the update gets released purely because how is this going to mess up my accessibility settings because it surely will the question isn't will it the question is how will it mess up my accessibility settings uh nizreen what about you what's something you've noticed over the years that maybe isn't quite up to snuff with your technology well the first thing that popped into my head is siri uh her and i have been having a complicated relationship lately okay (laughs) um i used to rely on siri a lot based on you know oh call uh hey siri call this person Uh, careful with the trigger words please yes um so basically i would uh that's always you know i would rely on her a lot um but now i feel like she barely answers me. And so um, I don't know if it's because of the new update, as you guys said, the new software updates that's always, you know, messing up um, some type of issue, accessibility feature here and there. So um, that's that's number one. That's the first thing that I thought of when I when I got asked that. One of the topics that oftentimes I will bring to the table in conversations with people who understand technology is why a new app design interface is oftentimes so poor. We did a whole segment back in the fall about Hotels.com putting out a new edition of their app that just was unusable with magnifying technology. Any kind of magnification, just nope, not usable anymore. Your user experience is going to be trash. And I find more and more apps will fall into that trap where they come out with their new sleek design and their new sleek design makes it impossible for me to use. So I don't know if that's so much about a technology getting worse or just a lack of consideration from developers developers and designers on what they're doing. Let's bring this conversation back to where it started though, because I turn autocorrect off on all my devices. I do not trust the machines. Mm -hmm. So that was gonna be my question. Alex, it still sounds like you're an autocorrect user. Partially, yeah, but I've I've lost a lot of faith. Like, I mean, I used to use autocorrect all the time or I I would always like having the tabs as like, oh, these are the suggested words. Okay, I can hit it if I'm misspelling or whatnot. But it, it, it seems to be a lot more hit and miss now. Like, as I mentioned, like literally doing through and spelling it correctly and uh, it coming up being like, oh, did you mean thoroughly? Did you mean throughout? <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. I meant through. Yeah. Like, read the context of this line. It fits perfectly. It, my, my grammar is not always perfect, but in this context, it's not bad. So there's that. But even like when it's picking up and not even correcting like uh, wrong words, where it's like, oh, the T and the N are flipped but otherwise it's spelled correctly. There's no other word that would be in that context. You can just yeah. like correct that and it's not catching it anymore. So that's getting really frustrating for me. Who, who hit me with the same when I said that I've turned mine off? Is that Ramya? Me, yes. Yeah, you I turn yours off? I love spelling up words, 100%. <laughs> I can't deal with the double time it takes for me to go back in and fix all the errors because they thought they were doing it right. Uh, you know, no. wh- whoever is autocorrecting for me. But the thing is though, this is actually an issue because there's so many people out there who their primary method of communication is through dictation or whatever, right? Like you need that assistance to communicate daily. And so I can't imagine because like I have the ability to turn it off and just type, but not the case for everybody. Nizreen, where do you stand on uh, on autocorrect? I'm an autocorrect user. However, I agree with you, Alex, it's a hit or miss and you start to question um, if your grammar is good or not. Yeah. <laughs> or absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, wait, did I did I say that wrong? Like, is that is that not right? And then you start to just overanalyze your text and you're here for like five minutes just trying to send a quick text. Yeah, when you could have just typed it out yourself, when yep. you could have just typed yep. it out yourself, but instead yep. we trusted the computers. Uh, Nizreen, thank you for this. Alex, don't go too far because you'll be back for the news quiz in a moment. Ramya, before I say goodbye to you, what's coming up on Kelly and Ramya today? at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv and AMI-audio.
Well, remember that conversation we had about mushrooms two weeks ago with Julia Caranches? Mm. We're going to continue on that. Uh, last time we talked about, you know, edible mushrooms, ones you can toss into your stir fry. Today, not so much. She's talking functional mushrooms that you cannot find at the grocery store. Okay, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were dropping a pun on me there. The functional. Get it? <laughs> oh, Fungational? No. I am not good enough for that. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but you are, yeah. So <laughs> or bad we're talking enough. Take about... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're also talking about a benefit concert being hosted by Alan Doyle for Bridges to Hope, and this is Ooh. in St. John's, Newfoundland. Yeah, our community reporter, Kim Thistle, is going to tell us more about that. Alan Doyle and... of Great Big Sea fame, by the way, just in case anybody's mm-hmm. wondering. That's right. And we have our woodworking segment with Jeffrey Thompson, and he's talking about the origins of his wood shop, and it all started with a candy dispenser. Wow, a little a yeah. little music, a couple mushrooms, and some woodworking. Sounds like a good <laughs> afternoon. It really does. Ramya, thank you for this. Have a great day. Thanks, Dave. That's Ramya. I'm within the co-host of Kelly and Ramya. Coming your way, 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv and AMI-audio. Coming your way next, it's the weekly news quiz. Karen McGee will be here. So will Alex Smythe and Del Presidente, the president of AMI. David Arrington stepping into the circle to compete as well. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's Tuesday. It's the last segment of the show. You know what that means. It's time for the weekly news quiz. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, on the edge of your seat as the competition heats up on a cold winter day. Let's say hello to our three contestants for this morning, beginning with the co-host of this show. It's Alex Smythe. Alex, hello. Hello again, Dave. Another news quiz regular is Karen McGee. Hello, Karen. Hi, everybody. And for the first time in the history of Now with Dave Brown (laughs) on the news quiz, it's the president of AMI, David Arrington. Hello, Mr. Arrington. Uh, Good morning, Dave. It's uh, an honor to be on your show. We're very proud. Can I ask a quick question? Do we have to let the boss win? That's 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 sometimes the thought the thought process going around here, but uh, that, you might that... want to think long and hard about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the mid the, the mid fiscal review season is almost here, Karen. So you got to be careful. Uh, I you... behave myself. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's go over the rules very quickly. There are three rounds of questions and three questions per round. Each question comes with three multiple choice options. If you answer the question without hearing the options, you get two points. If you need to hear the options and get it right, you get one point. If you get it wrong, we move on until the point is awarded. The order of contestants was drawn by Mary Daniel, the wife of our producer, Paul Daniel, so there was no favoritism. The order will be Alex, David, and Karen. So Alex, beginning with you, the first round with questions coming out of news in North America. Alex, as you know, there was a major rail derailment in Ohio. What is the name of the railway company that's been ordered to pay for the cleanup? Uh, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say Norfolk Southern. Two points for Alex Smythe. Ding, ding, ding. The railway faces a fine of $70,000 per day for failure to comply. So Alex on the board already with two points, but Mr. Errington's got a shot here. According to some analysis from the National UFO Reporting Center, this Canadian city tops the list for alleged UFO sightings. David, what Canadian city has registered the most UFO sightings? Can I hear my options? Is it Montreal, Vancouver, or Toronto? I have no idea, so I'm going to go based on population and say Toronto. That is correct. Toronto took the top spot on the list with 263 alleged UFO sightings over the course of the last uh, oh, you know what? I'm just going to drop all the context to keep moving forward. Uh, Karen, <laughs> let's uh, go south of the border. Which U.S. national monument is getting a $69 million upgrade to construct a museum underneath it? 
I have an idea, but I'm going to take the choices. Your choices are the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument, or the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Oh, it was none of those was my gut instinct. Um, I'll take the Lincoln. That is correct. One point for Karen McGee. The underground space at the Lincoln Memorial called the Undercroft will be converted into a 15,000 square feet of exhibit space. That's uh, very good. The Lincoln Memorial, super cool. Walking up those stairs, one of the uh, most interesting moments I've had in my life. A lot of 20th century history took place on those stairs. You watch, you walk the steps of great men before you. After one round, Alex Smythe has two points. David Arrington has one, and Karen McGee has one as well. David, you get the first opportunity in round number two. WNBA player Brittany Griner recently signed a new contract with the team she's been with her whole career. David, what team does Brittany Griner play for? Phoenix, and I don't know the name of the team. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Phoenix Mercury, two points for David Arrington. Now with three points total. Griner has been with the team since she was drafted in 2013. Karen McGee, staying in the world of sports. Red McCombs, a Texas billionaire, died last week of 95. He was a former owner of the San Antonio Spurs and the Denver Nuggets but also owner of an NFL team. Red McCombs, which NFL team did he own? Oh, I'll take the choices. Was it the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, or the Minnesota Vikings? I'll go Houston. That is incorrect. Alex (sighs) Smythe, an opportunity to steal a point here. I'm going to say Minnesota Vikings. That is correct. One point for Alex Smythe. We've now got a tie at the top there with David and Alex. And Alex has an opportunity to pull into a commanding lead. This one coming from the hockey world. NHL coach Craig Berube called out his players last week. He said, don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no inspiration at all. What team does Craig Berube coach? Uh God, I should know this, and I, I'm, I'm blanking. I'll need the options. Is it the Minnesota Wild, the St. Louis Blues, or the San Jose Sarks? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I Clearly, I've not been in touch with, um, with hockey. I'm going to uh, say St. Louis. That is correct. Yeah. So mm. we now have, after two rounds, Alex at four David at three and Karen at one. So it's anybody's game going into round number three. And these questions are all coming from the hodgepodge. No theme for round three. And Karen, you get the first crack at this. Okay, hold on one second. I got to make sure I read this properly. There's a pronouncer on this. Starbucks unveiled new coffee drinks pronounced or branded the Oleato in its flagship store in Italy this week. What ingredient is at the core of these new drinks? Okay, as a non-coffee drinker, but it's Italy, and I think I read this story, I'm going to say olive oil. That is correct. Two points for Karen McGee. 4-3-3, just a couple questions left in round number three. Howard Schultz, the company's founder, called the Oleato a transformational idea that had come to him while he was traveling through Italy last summer. A quick poll here. Karen, do you put olive oil in your coffee? I don't put anything in my coffee. Coffee is gross. That's why you don't drink coffee at all. I remember I worked with you for years. Alex, do you put olive oil in your coffee? No, it should just be espresso with a bit of steamed milk. That's it. Mr. Arrington, you're a man of taste. Any olive oil in your coffee? No, I drink my coffee black. I get the full effect of it. <laughs> yeah, come for me full and through. Okay, I lost right. track there, but we've got Alex at four points, Karen at three, David at three. Alex, this question coming to you. The state of what famous children's books author recently removed his novels in an effort to make them less offensive and more complu- uh, inclusive? Uh, that was uh, Roald Dahl. Two points for Alex. Sitting there wow. at six points now. In new editions of the works of Roald Dahl, hundreds of works, including uh, the descriptions of characters, appearances, races, and genders, have been changed or removed. Okay, well, now we're almost sort of just playing the game for the heck of it, but why not answer this last question? David, scientists in Japan reported last week they found common blood pressure drug Fausadil. Fausadil. Fazadil reverses some key symptoms of which disorder? Can I hear the options, please? Is it aphasia, diabetes, or schizophrenia? 
I'm guessing, and I'm going to say aphasia. That is incorrect. Karen McGee, an opportunity to steal a point and steal second place. Diabetes? That is incorrect. Alex, oh, Smythe, Alex Smythe gets the default point, and that means for, I feel like, like the millionth time in a row when he's competed, <sighs> the winner is... Alex Smythe. I mean, you had to host the news quiz last week, so it means yeah. you didn't win last week. But I feel like this is a streak of what, like four or five quizzes in a row? Uh, yeah, I just count myself uh, a bit fortunate. Dave, I've tapped into certain stories. Some I didn't know, like I was just fortunate that those questions didn't come to me, the ones I didn't know. But again, like we've had tough, tough competition these last few news panel quizzes. Like this one was neck and neck. And I, I just felt if I'm going to win, I got to guess, like, just take a shot in the dark. <laughs> so it paid off this week. We'll see next week. Look, look at the kind words. Look at the kind words expressed towards. That's just turn. managing up, yeah. I think. That's, that's what he's doing there, to be honest with you. That's a smart, smart employee. So uh, I'll see you in my office in 20. Yeah. Alex, is that about right? Yeah, yeah. This okay. is a career-limiting move, I believe. They yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, give you a, we'll give you this one exception, and we'll move on. Okay. Oh, yeah. gosh. I didn't embarrass myself. That's all I didn't want to do. That, so there you go. That's the key. That's the key. Nobody had goose eggs today. Dave, thank you for making time. It was great to have you on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. And Karen McGee, I know you don't like to lose, but you did a nice job as always. Well done. Got a slide in there. I like my job a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, well, you've, you've, had some, you've, had, you've, had, you've had some telecom issues the last couple of weeks. It's hard for you to watch CNN in bed when you've had the telecom issues that you're having. Mm. Yeah, that's true. God bless Elon Musk. <laughs> Karen, thanks for this. Thanks. That's another edition of the News Quiz. That's another edition of Now with Dave Brown. That's all the time we have for today. Don't worry. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.